Welcome to another Stress-Free Living program. I'm greatly honored to have a great leader of our community, George Fraser, who is a best-selling author, most sought-after speaker, and what else can I say, who has been recently <laughs> inducted into Minority Business Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. A great honor, George, congratulations. Thank you so much, and it's an honor to be here and an honor to be with you once again. And I'm thinking about the average American today who is struggling through probably one of the toughest economies we have seen, certainly in my lifetime as a yes. baby boomer. Yes. Um, I think about an interesting statistic uh, that goes on in Detroit right now, which has the highest unemployment rate as a city in America, but yet there are 10 thousand jobs, jobs which are not right? filled which are not filled so there is a skills mismatch yes and so i'm thinking about this as a past employee of one of the automotive companies uh, a technician in some plant uh, doing widgets and i'm now thinking about i want to change my career yes but this creates a lot of inner stress and inner angst, changing a career. Yes. I mean, I've been doing what I've been doing for 25 years. I got really good at doing that, but there's no demand for that anymore. Yes. Yes. And so I have to seriously think about, where do I go? Um, what should be my mindset? <clears throat> How do I make peace right. with that decision and then begin down the path? Well, George, the old <laughs> paradigm when all these business gurus and all these experts have constantly told us, find a passion mm -hmm. and you'll be successful. Find a passion, what you love to do, find that and you'll be successful. But unfortunately, we have been finding that passion in a subject yeah. or in a skill. Because yeah, I love to sleep. <laughs> so it's her job. <laughs> so, I'm passionate about that. And, and with this technology, many of those professions are either being modified or changed or eliminated. Yeah. So if you are passionate about, passionate about making typewriters, the typewriter doesn't exist anymore. Right. So the technology is changing everything. We create students with a mindset of you are a mechanical engineer, you are an electrical engineer, you are a chemist, you are a scientist, you are a philosopher, you are this. We label them for life. Mm. And when they get out, they have their blinders on. They only, if mechanical engineer is there and somebody's talking about chemistry, he says, well, I'm not a chemist, so this is not for me. They don't even try to understand this whole thing. If you were, if you could wave a magic wand, and recreate the education system yes. in America, um, the curriculum of that education system. What would it look like? What would education look like to create a whole new mindset about one's flexibility and choice of career paths? Would it be a liberal arts education? Would you say, go, you know, go take law that prepares you for What kind of education would you prepare to open people's minds. Well, you don't make experts. You don't create master of something, PhD of something. Yeah. You create students. Once you give anybody a student mindset, which means you have to constantly learn. And to learn to do what? 
learn to solve problems, learn to find answers. Mm. And when you are learning, you, are, you don't have these silos in which education is parked. There's no silo for physics or chemistry or math or all that. They are all integrated. So you go learn and understand. And ultimately, George, ultimate wisdom is the more we learn, if I can live long enough to do 1,000 PhDs in every subject I can think of, all I'll know is how little I know. Right. Right? Right. So ultimately, education itself does not give you ultimate power to master anything. Education raises more questions. Proper, and it teaches you how to yeah, learn, too. Proper it, education makes you a better student. Right. So you remain in the student mode for all your life. life. Lifelong learning. Lifelong learning. Right. 40 to 50 years ago, there were maybe six or seven or eight, ten career paths. Right. <clears throat> things that you could do and focus on. Right. Today, there are literally hundreds, but we still choose the ones, I believe, that are focused on, on television. Yeah. Law, medicine, accountancy, the, the careers that we see that are fed to us through media. Yeah. Those tend to be the most popular career paths. And I don't know, uh, if I'm getting ready to think about changing a career, should I think about something that involves science, technology, engineering, and math, because that's where everything is going. But my education does not been in that, has not been in that area. Well, let, so let, now I have great fear. Well, let's go back to mm -hmm. when we, how we started, about passion. Mm -hmm. If you understand, if we all understand, that my real passion should be to add the highest value. Right. Now, then, based on any situation I'm placed in, I have to assess how do I add the highest value and ask questions and understand and assemble what would it take to add the highest value. It is not only up to me. We are always a catalyst. We are always a facilitator. We are never the final expert. Yeah. Well, you know, as I think back uh, about my own career path, right. Um, I experimented with a number of different positions and jobs. Some I liked and added value at that moment in time, but then got bored, extracted what I needed from that responsibility, and then took that to the next thing. Um, how do you, I mean, how do you know where you, you add the highest value? How do you come to that conclusion? You have to take yourself out of the game first. Mm -hmm. If my ego comes in the way, my fear come in the way, my limitation come in the way, I'm not going to be in the right mindset of thinking, how do I add the highest value? You almost have to think about the situation completely. And now, once you are in that situation, you will have more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. And questions are the beginning of finding the answers. If you don't have the right question, you can't find the answer. Well, well, quite frankly, for most of my career, Ratanjit, I didn't even know 
that question to ask of myself. I mean, actually, I didn't come to grips with that question right. until you presented it to me some years ago. How do I add the highest value? So most we don't ask that question. But we don't. I mean, that is not a question that we even think about we asking. Think about We're it. not taught that. We are always thinking, <clears throat> how do I gain from it? Mm -hmm. It's the opposite That's direction. Right. Our entire thought process is wrong direction. What is in it for me? Right. How do I make money at this? How do I, I make can't... the most money? Yeah. Where can I make the most money? So we discount all these great opportunities, which would be opportunities, if we ask instead, how do I add the highest value? Yeah. How yeah. can I make a difference? And that is our journey. Our passion has to be to add the highest value. All, everything else, your education, your expertise are nothing but tools. Yeah. Well, you know, my father was a cab driver, and for a hot minute, I thought that and I didn't think of it this way, but I thought the highest value that I could add would be to model what my father was doing, okay? I mean, I, I did. I mean, a lot of kids look at that. Let's talk about that, because we model oftentimes. Yeah, yeah that's a very important thing. Yeah. So is, is modeling important, or is it distraction? Right. How does one navigate that? How does one deal with that? Because parental influence is, is such a power um, as a young person. And, and, and then we'll talk about when we're not influenced by the parents, and it's just a career change. But let's talk See, about the parental. modeling paradigm is oversold mm -hmm. because I believe that every one of us is an original masterpiece. And if I like to copy somebody else, I'm going to be mediocre at best because I haven't discovered what I am best at. Mm -hmm. So modeling or becoming the same thing which your uncle was, if you like the car he drives, the way he dresses, mm -hmm. you want, you know, oh, I like to be like him for wrong reasons. And that's why the modeling many times backfires. We have to discover where I can add the highest value. Yeah. But that's a very enlightened point of view. Yes. Very enlightened. If, if we could wave a magic wand and parents would think like you're articulating, we probably wouldn't have a need for this discussion. This you see, my, my, my mother used to tell me, I said, well, what I'm going to be, she said, look, my child, you are a masterpiece. Yeah. You are going to discover whatever you do is going to make a difference to this world. And she basically told me that. She never asked me to become anything. Right. That's enlightened. I mean, that's, uh, I, I wish most parents would think that, but that's not what I see um, in, the, in, in the school place where I speak, and be it, uh, be it high schools or colleges, there's lots of direction. So how do All we... All the directions, by the way, is given based on where you make more money. And I think what we see on television. Right, what frankly. we see on television. Where right. would you find jobs? So the jobs are in this area. So you go take this, whether you like right. it or no, that's where you want to find jobs. Right. See, fundamentally, you meet so many CEOs, leaders of mm -hmm. corporations. Mm -hmm. Now, my favorite comparison of a CEO is that a CEO of a company, whether it's a $5 million company or $5 billion company, in that company, he or she is the head, final head honcho. But under him, people working are better qualified than him. 
or her. In certain areas. In all these areas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he is, in any area, he's not better than any of these. He's not better than their head of research. He's not better than head of finance. He's not better than head of marketing. He's not head of um, operations. So how come he or she is a CEO? That's a good question. Um, I would define it, and we talked about this earlier, leadership is the art of mobilizing others to want to struggle for shared aspirations. So he may be better at mobilizing. He's a catalyst. He's a catalyst. He combines the resources right. of these people, gives them a vision, ties them together into a common vision right. of doing what? A shared well, aspiration, achieving a shared aspiration. Well, ultimately, the product or the services right. that company makes, right. if it does not add the highest value, it cannot sustain itself. So no matter whether it is a personal level or at a corporate level or a national level, if any of these entities not, do not focus on adding the highest value, mm -hmm. They'll not be able to sustain that form. Let's go back to understanding how... Modeling? We, yeah. Add the highest value. So if, if I've planted that question in my mind, if, if someone enlightened me, said, this is George, this is what you really need to think about as you transition to the next thing, what would I begin thinking about what, what are the things that I need to process in my mind to bring to fruition the highest value? I mean, what, how do I begin down that circuitous path? Because it's not a straight path. It, it is full of twists and turns. I mean, what, what do I begin thinking about? I mean, that's a great question. Yes. But how do I validate that? How do I make that a reality? Well, fundamentally, we have to understand that our perception of us is erroneous. I see myself as a male of a certain age, a certain race, or a certain descent, and certain education. I define myself with these definitions. And these definitions always will place me in the wrong parameters, wrong place. Until I define myself correctly first, I'm not really in a position to think how to add the highest value. I see. So who am I? So how do I define myself? Give me some steps. Give me some thoughts. Well, you, have to, you have to un myself. unveil, the, peel the onion layer by layer. But real me, who am I? Mm -hmm. I'm not this human body. Then who am I? What makes me alive? What is that force? What, what phase and stage of our lives are we mature enough to think to, like yeah, that? To think like that and to process that question. Well, if you ask this question I, mm -hmm. constantly, who am I? Because before all the science and technology, when you go back to thousands of years, that was the most fascinating question people would be asking. Who am I? What is my purpose? Yes. What am I doing here? The great Joseph Campbell said it beautifully. He said... Who am I? Why do I exist? And I'm, am I all that I am capable of being? I'm sorry, that wasn't right. Joseph Campbell. That was Franz Fanon. Right. Who am I? Why do I exist? And am I all that I am capable of being? So those questions are not asked. No. Not, not asked in school. And in school, they define you. 
Yes. No, they don't ask you, yes, that's right, they define you. Yes, this they is define who you. you. Are. Yeah. That's who you are. Well, face up to it, you are this. Mm -hmm. And your, your parents and everybody tells you, you are an individual. We do not unify with the oneness thought process. Once we discover who we truly are, we will also discover that we are part of this bigger one. Right. Now, once I am part of you, it's like in a family. Family is connected with blood relations. So this is my mm -hmm. brother, this is my mother, this is my father, this is my family. So yeah. automatically, my feeling for the family is higher. I uh, undergo some pain to help them. But if you realize the lifeline which makes me alive, which is the same as in you, the same power which exists in you, making you alive, is the same power which is making me alive. That is profoundly true, right. but that is not the European, which is a dominant value system in America. That value system, that ethos is rugged individualism. Right. Survival of the fittest. But this is where it has gotten us. Right, right. That equation, that erroneous calculation, mm -hmm. that's what has happened. Our society is collapsing because of fundamental error in our calculation mm -hmm. that we are a separate entity. So value adding is all based on intrinsically understanding who we are, mm -hmm. which is I'm part of the same of bigger the universe. Right. Now, just like this body is mm -hmm. one, mm -hmm. so when something happens here, I feel the pain because right. one. Right. But, and that, that serves this body. This serves this body. Right, right, not just the hand. Right. Right. But at the same time, this hand cannot serve the entire body at a, at a single moment. It can only scratch one surface, can only feed. So similarly, we are going to serve this bigger one, which we are part of, one human being, one project, one system at a time. Right. This will require a major paradigm shift. Yeah. We need to continue this show yeah. yes. to carry on this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much.